host of the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 290. Oh, boy. Recorded on the morning of September 4, 2022. Hello, oh, okay. I am Marty. And I am uh, I'm Christoph, and I am reveling in the fact that, you know, sometimes uh, seasons change and uh, products uh, become available again. And I am reveling in the fact that I now, once again, in my delicious uh, uh, or my wonderful Ghostbusters coffee mug, have mm-hmm. a piping hot glass or mug of peppermint mocha flavored coffee. Ah, okay. So that's that's your <laughs> level of basicness. Swerve. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a peppermint whore. Yeah, and I, I'm a pumpkin bitch. So you know, we, we th- th- this is this is our time, Chris. This yeah. is collectively our time. Um, it is our time is now. Yeah. Time is uh, happening. Time is up. Time is now. Uh, we're the franchise. We're shining now. Uh, but, uh, it, it is, uh, we are smack dab in the middle of, uh, an absolutely stacked weekend of professional wrestling all throughout the globe, uh, as, uh, WWE was, uh, in Wales last night for the clash at the castle. Did uh, they nuke them? Uh, what's that? Did they nuke the whales? They did not. They did not nuke the whales. You got to nuke something. You got to nuke something. They chose not to nuke that. (laughs) Uh, Also, this afternoon, they are running the Worlds Collide show, the farewell swan song to NXT UK. Uh, We've had uh, a shit ton of indie shows in and around uh, Schoenberg, Illinois. Uh, Schoenberg. I know they say Chicago, but it's not Chicago. It's like calling Bel Air Baltimore as hell nxt yeah. did uh but uh that's true ton of shows going on because of course this is all out weekend and that is a stupidly stacked show a heads up God. if you would like our predictions for that massive 15 match card head to <laughs> patreon.com slash roughhouse podcast uh, if you are not already a patron, you're probably listening to this after the show's happened, so you can find out how wrong we were by just go. It, it, how cheap can can they get in to to hear our predictions, Chris? Uh, two bucks a month. Two dollars. That's all you need, folks. Two dollars a month. That's all you gotta pay to hear me and Chris pontificate, and then you find out how wrong we are and were about the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, and, and if you're up to the five buck tier, you can go back and listen to Schlegel Soapbox from last week, which was a 10 out of 10. Yes, uh, Justin on fire last week, uh, and yeah, responsible for me buying the uh Brian Gewertz book, uh, which I am uh about three quarters of the way through. Uh, wow, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's a brisk read, uh, it's it's not uh, a straight up biography uh book. It is definitely lo- almost like Mox's book where it's here's different stories from my career. 
uh, including right, right. him explaining the background of and taking responsibility for uh, the Katie Vick angle and the wow. uh, Goldberg wears gold dust's wig story. Uh, which uh, basically, I don't remember that uh, when Goldberg first came into WWE and uh, he he had worked The Rock and then was going to stick around through the rest of the year. Uh, something mm-hmm. they just tr- decided to do to try to humanize him was they gave him a uh, backstage segment with Goldust, where Goldust put his wig on Goldberg, and. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of people said that killed every single bit of mystique Goldberg has ever had. Um, okay, I will say right. uh, the book as a whole is a, is an entertaining read. He's a very captivating writer, and it's very sort of jokey and fun. But um, him saying, "Hey, look, I don't know if it would have worked for him just to come in and absolutely destroy guys," and then in the same chapter explain that Goldberg faced better success by returning later and doing what he did in WCW, which is come in and destroy guys. It's a, it's yeah. a lack of self-awareness there, which is, is uh, unfortunately uh, just felt throughout the book. Um, but gotcha uh, on the whole, I would say uh, there's just one problem is a decent read. So I would recommend that if you are a, a, uh, a wrestling nerd who wants a new wrestling related read. Yeah, man, I honestly, Cannot remember the last time I sat down and like, I'm going to read something. That is just not. Yeah, yeah that's not <laughs> how you yeah, And I know that's you and that's yeah. fine. But, you know, everybody's got their things. That is yeah. just not my. I just. It helps no, me go to sleep. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. That's fair. That's fair. It almost. Wor- <laughs> this is not a great statement. Reading almost feels like work to me. And I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I know you can get lost in book. Like I have never been one to like, uh, you know, a, a, a cold um, autumn day and it's rainy and you just curl up with a blanket and a cup of cocoa and a book. Yeah, fuck no, that ain't that ain't happening, bro. I just uh, it's it's not me. I'll listen to. I've, I've been listening to audiobooks. I'm almost through Return of the King. Uh, uh, yeah. As I as I drive, so that's fine. Um, but I just and even then, I'm like, I I listen, but. I guess I have a, I think I probably have ADD because, and then I'll just start thinking about something else. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is he talking about? Just, <laughs> I, I it, can imagine also with, I don't read with a writer like J.R.R. Tolkien, it's, it's uh, a lot easier to get lost, not necessarily get enchanted, but as in your brain just starts, you know, uh, you stop paying attention to sort of the droning descriptions of yes. their fifth meal. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> Well, whatever yeah, I mean, Hobbit yeah, song sometimes. they have, and 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 that's where you you land. The songs, the songs are the killer, man. I keep the songs are, whew. it's and it's not you know Andy Circus tries, but and uh, you know he tries to sing them in the, this voice, sure. and it's just not, sure, not 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 hitting, doesn't hit. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, this is a professional wrestling podcast, and we do yeah. want to talk to you about the world of pro wrestling this week, and we do have to start with the worldwide leader. Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. You think they're going to do update that at some point and go for over 100 years, the revolutionary force in uh, sports entertainment? I mean, they're still holding on to the now, then, forever, together thing. Uh, yeah. So at some point, I imagine that will get redone. I mean, but. it's got to be like another 20 years or so before they hit 100, right? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. 
so that no, 50 that. years was in like the 90s so oh, okay yeah so 2040 is, is probably around what we're looking at the 2040s okay. all right so anyway Dang. uh clash of the castle was a massive show 60 nearly 65,000 people in attendance in cardiff wales uh it was a it was planned out as a big show. The presentation was massive. And in turn, there was a full court press from the WWE of the press, including a very interesting sit down between Ariel Helwani and the current creative director of WWE. Sorry, let me get his new title uh, because he now has an official new title in WWE. He okay. is the <clears throat> chief content officer. Oh, how does that make you feel? Uh, I know you hate that word. Yeah, I get it, though. I get it. I get it. I, under- <laughs> I, I understand why it's that, because they don't want to just call him head writer or something like that. Right. But the chief right, right, content right. officer of the WWE, Paul Levesque. <laughs> it strikes me we probably should start calling him Paul Levesque more than Triple H now, but that's that's just me. I mean, uh, it's easier to say Triple H. Fair. But he had a sit-down interview with Ariel Hawani. It was... A, a wide-spanning interview, a, a lot of bits uh, that have come out from that have been sort of turned into individual stories. Not sure how many of them you heard. Uh, the most controversial was... The only one I, I saw was about Brock leaving the, that Friday of Vince's um, resignation. Yes, uh, he did say there was some truth to that situation, uh, an issue of the... the uh, the devil you need to know. But the bit that uh, got the internet talking was this quote about uh, if you felt the rebranding of NXT was punishment for losing the Wednesday Night War to AEW. Oh, Helwani asking the big questions. As Triple H put it here, <clears throat> no, people put so much pressure on this competitive war. It never was that. First uh-huh. of all, they beat our developmental system. Good for them. No, it never. It was never that. There was never even pressure of, you have to beat that. It was just put on the best product uh-huh. you could. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, everything is competition to us. We pay attention to everything you have to. Do we pay attention to AEW? Do I watch it on a week-to-week basis? No. Am I aware of what's happening there to a degree? Now, of course, mm-hmm. this is where you have to point out the fact that uh, – uh, Triple H uh, on the road here uh, stated that uh, it was not developmental. It was a third brand that it was not a marathon or sorry. It's not a sprint. It was a marathon. Uh, uh-huh. Also called them a pissant company at the WWE uh-huh. Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it was it was never a real competition and they were just developmental. Uh, Chris Jericho had responded to those comments. He was uh, on inside the ropes. Chris Jericho said, and I quote, once again, it is just changing the narrative and changing the history, which makes me laugh because when it started, it was not developmental. It was a third brand. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon and all the other bullshit that they said. So of course we beat the developmental or whatever you want to call it, but who gives a shit? It's such old, old news and the show sucks and it's NXT sucks. It's not a good show and they know it. Whether they were punished or not, they probably were punished. That's probably why Triple H said those things, because he is angry that we beat them. He's probably angry that we exist. 
But you know, we don't care about WWE. We care about our show. We care about putting on the best stories that we can put on. We care about building our fan base and building our ratings. We will continue to exist. And I will tell you this. My boss has a lot more money than his boss boss does. A lot more. So you want to go to that and we are not going anywhere. We will continue to grow. That pisses them off. And why wouldn't it? Uh, they had a monopoly for so long and don't like the fact that we exist, and that's fine. We don't care that they exist. God bless them. They're running a show in front of 50,000 people. Why would they care about us? But, you know, he should, and he does, and that's why he said those things. So Jericho's okay, probably well, not going yeah. back to WWE anytime soon. <laughs> the Brinks truck, truck will show up at some point, and Jericho is Jericho. I 100% know that if the offer is there jericho would go if if it's you know what he wants at that period in his career jericho gonna play the game i get it but i mean you know fuck brevity chris okay fucking brevity (laughs) jesus christ that statement yeah, he, uh, I don't he, know. he got I, fired you know, up. Nothing he said was surprising. No, no. Uh, Triple H also talked about the transition of power, uh, saying McMahon gave him the following advice. Um, you got this. Just be confident in your decision-making. Listen to people. Be open to ideas. Be collaborative with other people, which do not sound like anything McMahon would <laughs> ever say. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, or anything Vince McMahon ever did. Yes. Uh, according to every every person who's ever come out of WWE talking about how the sausage was made there, it's yeah. not how that works. Um, was there any uh, mention about um, – shit, my brain just, just took a left turn. So I was going to ask something about Vince. If, if Ariel asked anything about uh, Vince, like, you know, does he still have, have frequently talks of Vince or anything like that? But I, um, I, I had something else. And I lost it. I suck. Not, no, it's okay. Uh, not not too much, it sounds like. It, it, it sounds like, you know, there there's an intent of sort of letting them do their own thing. Um, the idea is uh, – to, to focus on breaking out of the formula they were in and um, you know the the another another bit of advice that Vince gave him was uh, book it like a fan book it like a fan you'll never go wrong that sort of thing they also talked about uh, a number of different talents who may or may not be coming back to the company which I thought was interesting um, on Sasha Banks uh, Triple H said uh, that she's an unbelievably talented woman who can do just about anything she wants. It all comes down to what does she want to do now? She's an unbelievable performer that I believe in with everything we have. Um, hmm. uh, he was asked about Put that Braun- full court press. Yes. Uh, he was asked about Braun Strowman. He says that Braun is a polarizing person, uh, but for a guy his size, what he brings to the table, he's an amazing athlete. If this is what he wants to do at the highest of levels, and I would like nothing more than to give him another shot, I will say Fightful and PW Insider have subsequently said that we should be expecting Braun on Raw as early as this Monday. Okay, um, fine. When you it comes to Bray, Bray Wyatt, he says mm-hmm. that Bray is one of the most crazy creative people he's ever been around. Um the mind just never stops thinking of creative, but it's like being in a whirlwind of stuff. So without the harness, without someone to point the tornado, it's just all over the place. He's a victim of his own mind and creative, but I love working with him. And huh. uh, he feels that uh, The Rock will be returning for big events such as WrestleMania, saying, quote, I know 
I know somewhere deep inside of him, there was that burning thing to go. I got to feel that one more time. Got to get in there one more time because that clock is ticking. So, uh-huh. uh, especially after the results of Saturday's show, it feels like Roman and the rock is the destination because shock of shocks. Drew didn't get it done. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, positive things to say. I mean, I know that that Triple H has to play that, pardon the pun, play the game here and, you know, be as as good a spokesperson as he can be. But very effusive in praise for all of these individuals. Um, And I would think that, you know, Sasha is a priority. I would think that. Uh, Bray would be a priority because clearly that dude has got a cult of personality. Even as recently as yesterday, people were swearing up and down. This is it. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. And, you know, the Internet worked themselves into another shoot there. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting how I mean, he's been gone uh, since April. So he is still this compelling has it only been five months uh i i think so unless i'm confusing which mania he went away at uh i i think it was uh the uh it was it was him and um alexa was not only uh this past mania not two manias ago no i think that was last that was last mania because the match was him and orton yeah wasn't it wasn't that yeah 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 and and Alexa that last year set his year? ass on fire or something. Uh, Randy, like the big box versus, thing. Yeah, Bray Wyatt. Taking a look. Maybe it was two Manias ago. Let's see. Mania thirty three. Which was no, that's the. Oh, sorry, that was the first one. That was the that was the, that was a spooky spooky projector one. Uh, Mania thirty seven, which I believe was this one. I don't fucking know. Maybe you're probably right. I don't know. My my brain. I drank too much this weekend. It's okay. My brain. Oh is no! Not it was too many. Is properly. Ago. Holy shit! It was okay. You were correct. 2021. Okay. Wow. It it's been that long since. Uh, yeah, it definitely seems yeah. like it's been a very yeah, long no, no, time. No, that, he said so. A year and a half months. later, he's he's yeah. still got people <laughs> losing their mind over him. Uh, apologies there. Uh, mm. it, Pandemic no, brain makes everything kind of merge together, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I get it. I get why they'd want to work with him. Fightful reported last night that uh, there's been a play to sign Bray Wyatt by Freddie Prince Jr.'s company that he's spinning Freddie up. Freddie Prince Jr. has a company? He is working on spinning up a, a pro wrestling company, Yes. Well, is he getting Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhaney to invest in it again? <laughs> Get another I mean, reality who, show about that. Who knows who's going to invest in it? But uh, he he basically wants to start his own wrestling company because, of course, he worked for WWE for years as a writer. Um, he wants to do his own company, and more importantly, he wants to make everyone SAG eligible. So he's he's been talking okay. about this since earlier this year. And uh, apparently, so here's the pitch. Yeah. You it, so it's Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. Yeah. You get Matthew Lillard, you get Linda Cardellini, and whoever the fuck the other one was, and you call it Scooby-Doo uh, Wrestling. 
SCW. Uh, I I feel like there's or SDW. I I, I feel like yeah, there's, yeah. See, there's my brain. I feel yeah. like there's going to be an issue with the the Warner Brothers Warner properties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like you know, Warner D- practically barely exists anymore. You know, so. that's a fair point. David Zaslav's <laughs> like, I don't know. Fuck it. Make make Scooby Doo a wrestling company. I don't care. D- Discovery is gutting it, and then we'll sell off the scrap. So maybe uh, Freddie can pick up the uh, the rights to uh, all elite Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> all, all elite Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Clash yeah. of the Castle was on Saturday, and uh, I made the effort—not uh, a wholehearted effort. I, I uh, my intent was I didn't have anything to do yesterday afternoon. I was going to throw the show on Peacock. There were two matches I actually really wanted to watch, and then I just leave the rest on for background noise. Uh, both of those matches were at the top of the show, so I turned it off early. <laughs> Um, but you. Uh, it, it was a very impressive show visually. Um, you know, okay. you can't beat sixty five thousand people in a packed stadium. Uh, sure, it, it looked incredible. Uh, the set was unique. Basically, you know how at Mania the past few years they've had the suspended screen from the middle, um, yeah, like above the ring. They did that, but it was in the shape of a castle, so that was kind of cool. And the entrance ramp. It was not as ungodly lengthy as we've seen in other stadium shows. Okay. Uh, it, it actually looked like a, a rather short entrance to where certain entrances like uh, Gunther, Walter, whatever you want to call him, his entrance looked a little silly because basically the minute you walked through the curtain, you were like right at the edge of the stage. Uh-huh. Um, so his his pause to wait to do the Imperium stand looked Took kind a of long. silly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I thought it was a cool setup and you had, uh, the UK crowds, which are always fun. It reminded me a lot of that, uh, NXT takeover in England, uh, cause you had, mm-hmm. you know, the singing almost football league style chants. Um, yeah, so yeah. it was, it, it was a lot of fun uh, for what I watched, but, uh, I also tapped out before the overbooking began, um, so I didn't catch the pre-show match. That was Madcap Moss and the Street Profits defeating Austin Theory, who now has his first name back, and Alpha Academy. Uh, I heard it was actually okay. kind of fun. Uh, six and a half minutes long for that. Uh, and then uh, the show kicked off with Bailey Eosky and Dakota Kai, now officially Damage Control with their own theme. Uh, they okay. defeated Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Um, super fun match. Uh, the heels were heely, the, the faces were face. Uh, Bianca ate the pin from Bailey because presumably Whoa. we're going to okay. be getting a title match between the two of them real, real soon. Uh, sure. What was kind of unfortunate is watching this match, it really underlined how much the top tier women in WWE have absolutely lapped Alexa Bliss in ring. Um, there were oh. a few moments where Alexa was very lost. And you really see uh, one moment in particular was uh, EO caught a, a kick of Alexa's and then Alexa was supposed to slap her across the face and time stood still as Alexa clearly didn't know that was the spot. And you ha- saw EO at a point just go like you know, she just waved her hand like you're supposed to slap oh, me boy. now. And it was uh, it was a, a little much, but uh, the damage control trio are super over his heels. 
Um, okay. Although the UK crowd was singing the the Hey Bailey, uh, I want to know if you'll be my girl song at her. And yeah. She was trying to do her best to not only A, not corpse at it, but B, sure. uh, you know, try to get them to stop doing that, which never really worked. Bianca is unreal, dude. She is That's true. super good. I mean, she's beastly in terms of her strength. Uh, she's got amazing agility. If there's yeah. anyone of all of the fail sons and daughters that have come through the PC that they can point to as a win, it's Bianca. Because she is she, – she's got it all figured out. She's great in ring. She's got charisma out the wazoo. Yeah. She yep. understands who she and her character is um, really just in such a short period of time, you know, between NXT and the main roster. She's become a top tier worker and uh, I, I'm super impressed with her the more and more I see her. Yeah, I mean, I remember her being really, really good in NXT, yeah. and then I stopped watching. And then when I watched SummerSlam, you know, that match she had with uh, with Bex uh, was very, very good. I'm like, yeah, she's even gotten better. So it, it it's it's really it's really good to see because, like you said, she is uh, t- the total package in terms of everything you want, and you know, in terms of of marketing and and you know, uh, for what Stephanie does, you know, as a person of color, that looks oh, yeah. even better. Absolutely. You know, Hands so down. yeah, she's selling merch. She's, uh, you know, inspiring all the young kids out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't find anything negative to say about her. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, showed Drew McIntyre training backstage. They showed Tyson Fury backstage greeting Drew McIntyre, uh, a uh-huh. Chekhov's gun. If there ever was, I guess Chekhov's boxer at this point. Uh, sure, and yeah. then they showed highlights from SummerSlam 92 of the British Bulldog defeating Bret Hart. Um, yeah. They showed uh, that. Uh, I guess Bulldogs, I guess Wembley was booked. That, yeah, that, yeah. Because right? wasn't was, that where the Dave Grohl, the, uh, the, the Foo Taylor Hawkins show was? Yeah. 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 Um, did you see any of that, by the way? I, I haven't had a chance. No, oh, I want to okay. check out some of that today. Uh, if nothing else, watch them play My Hero with uh, Hawkins' 16 year old son on drums. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it is. It is something special. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Bulldog's family was there ringside, and Bret Hart was ringside looking miserable as ever. So, <laughs> Then we had the Intercontinental title match. Like I said, I had two matches I want to watch. There's the other one. It was Gunther defending against Sheamus. They pushed Sorry, really Drew. hard. Uh, Walter versus Sheamus. Thank you. Uh, they pushed really hard that uh, Sheamus was going to try to get the one title he's never held in the Intercontinental title and do it in the UK. Of course, he's from Ireland, not Wales, right. but, you know, idea of, okay, he's closer to home. And sure. he worked indies around there. And they actually shouted out the indies that he worked for, uh, which was wow. uh, uh, an ongoing thing. It was an unleashed Michael Cole. He was allowed to make it sound like a sport all night long. Uh, he even yeah. shouted out, like, fucking uh eo shirai's history and stardom as part of the triple tails group i was just like what the fuck is happening um michael cole's like excalibur ain't getting this fucking award again this year exactly exactly (laughs) um but it was just a brutal ass kicking um i will say if you are aware of the fact that seamus's neck is held together with rubber bands and hope uh you could notice that like when Walter power bombed him, uh, you know, it was always a little lighter than he would normally power bomb someone. But uh, okay. uh, it was all chops and punches and kicks and just brutality. Uh, Seamus, 
his chest tends to show chops more than the average guy as is, but well, his yeah, chest was legit so. bleeding. Fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was actually a really fun bit uh, at the start of the match because um, Imperium's completely back together on the main roster. Uh, the, the former uh, Fabian Eichner, or as he's now known, Giovanni Vinci, that became his NXT 2.0 name. He got called up <laughs> okay. and that got a nice little pop. When they started the match, what happened was because Butch and Ridge Holland came out with Sheamus, okay. uh, Butch and Riz Ho- Ridge Holland were brawling with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vici. And what happened was Walter and Sheamus just stood in the middle of the ring, staring, staring at, each at each other the fuck down nice. while all of this nice. was going on around them. It was a really, yeah. really cool moment. And then the ass kicking began. And, nice. uh, you know, for every single chop that uh, Walter gave Seamus, Seamus ad- seemed to add additional clubbering blows to the chest to make it even. Okay. Um, I was shocked, though, that Walter ended up winning and winning clean, uh, hitting wow, okay. uh, a power bomb and then a lariat for the finish. Uh, so. so, in true WWE fashion, the, the home, well, not hometown, but at least home, co- home, country like, well, not even yeah. home country <laughs> home union yeah yeah more <laughs> generally the, the, centrally located person of yeah, the two. yeah there you go yeah which we'll um, see again at the main event yeah but the fans gave it uh gave Seamus a standing ovation after the match and it, it felt like something special um again uh, if there's anything that you track down it's going to be this one this was an awesome match uh, what are your, what are your um, looking? I mean, Shame has been around for yeah. 15, 10, 15 years at this point. Something like that. I think he Easy. started in WWE main roster 07, 08. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, looking back on, on his career mm-hmm. to date, you know, yeah. um, what's your favorite iteration of uh, of the Celtic Warrior? That's a great question. Um, I, I really liked early... Uh, Beating uh, the crap out of Triple H and John Cena, Sheamus. Uh, uh-huh. you know, yeah, he won the the world title off of Sheamus on uh, the f- seemingly fluke table spot. I-, I liked that era, but I think the peak, the was... young spiky, spiky red hair yes. Sheamus. You mean the yeah. the little Lemmy? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I I think peak version was when he came back with uh, the the mohawk and like the facial piercings and yeah uh, it, into the bar like he, yes his feud with yeah. Cesaro and then the two of them as a bar I think that's peak Sheamus but he's yeah. for a guy who's never been the guy he's had a hell of a career yeah no for sure I mean I guess that's what being a close buddies with Triple H will, yeah. will get you. Yeah. I mean, and then not to say that he didn't also earn it. I mean, he's a hell of a no. performer. So no. where he can work heel or baby face yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, sold some merch and will always, you know, go out there and, you know, uh, put, put, put out some strong style type matches, man. Like Seamus in a G one would just be, I I've said it before. Uh, I'll I mean, say it I'm, again. He is a dude who, yeah. If wrestling in, in, you know, the 2000s was like wrestling in the 80s, a guy who could go through uh, different territories and just, you know, have bunkhouse brawls with people or be yeah. like the big ugly Gaijin, like a, a Hanson or Brody was. Vader. Yeah. Or Vader was. Like, 
he would have been amazing in that role. And it's yeah. a shame that we're never going to get to see that out of the guy. But yeah, uh, absolute ass kicker. And, you know, well, with the bum neck, he'd fit in really well over in New Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah he would. He would. <laughs> the cervical doctors in New Japan are mega Also, paid. he's approaching 40. So, you know, Noah's getting ready to call him in 10 years. So <laughs> he's, he's going to be He'll strap him up at 55. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just, 60, they, 60 they just Huda, brought right? in Rob Van Dam. They're ready for the 50-year-olds. Um, oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. He actually had a pretty decent match with Masato Tanaka over there. Uh, I mean, Masato Tanaka okay. is also ageless, so, um, right. you know, I, I get it. Anyway, uh, also on the show, uh, Liv Morgan retained the SmackDown Women's Championship over Shayna Baszler. Again, this is nothing that I personally watched. From what I understand, uh, Baszler looked good, but... Uh, Man, the the Liv Morgan project lives out of her depth. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, we had Edge and Rey Mysterio against the Judgment Day duo of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Once okay. again, Judgment Day loses. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> they can lose have an intimidating heel fucking every fucking, match. Uh, God. Okay. I mean, it kind of takes their fire away when they lose everything. Yes. Um, th- Although I will say the, the – the, the I think it was BT Sport uh, did that little Damien Priest uh, staying yes. with a, a Welsh family yeah. bit. We, which uh, you retweeted that was, on our Twitter if, if folks have yeah, checked it out. I, I came across that and I was like, fuck, this is – I you know, when, when something grabs me, I got to admit it. And they that was that was a good piece of work right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the big story is after the match, Dominic turning on both Edge and his father, Rey Mysterio. Uh, he kicked Edge in the balls, causing Edge to do some acting. And then uh, a clothesline. <laughs> is that your, uh, your Clayface from the Harley Quinn cartoon yes. uh, uh, version of? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then channeling uh, your inner Tudyk. <laughs> And then uh, Dominic t- laid out his dad with a, a clothesline. Um, I mean, it's okay. He has the haircut of his real dad right now. So right, I, yeah, he's it. been slowly. Uh, we've been slowly yeah. getting there. He's and been eddying it the, up. Yeah, I will say, and, and the, credit to the fine folks uh, in the Observer recap that I, I'm using to remind myself of everything that happened. Uh, Dominic didn't actually leave with Judgment Day. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. So. Time will tell if he's joining Judgment Day or if this is just a generalized heel turn. My assumption, though, is considering he's spent every week being absolutely murdered by Rhea Ripley in what yeah. I assume is WWE's attempt to build more YouTube fans out of India. Uh, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get that you would think he's going with Judgment Day. So we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll I think on on Raw Monday night, he's going to come out in like a dog collar and Rhea Ripley's going to walk him to the ring <laughs> and he's going to like have to hide his boner. Uh, and yeah. so we'll, you know, so we'll millions of people at home. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Both Myself millions included. of people at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Seth yeah. Rollins defeated Matt Riddle. Which means, uh, really, yeah. Which means that this feud must uh, continue. I don't know because Seth's up two and zero on Riddle, so uh, Uh, that's never stopped anybody in WWE before. Yeah, it was it was a pretty straight up victory for him. Um, But the the whole story was that uh, Rollins got into Riddle's head, got him angry and emotional, which ties into the promo that they cut on Monday, where uh, they started getting shooty, brother. 
uh, yeah, where where Seth called out that uh, uh, Matt Riddle had been divorced. Which hey, you know, great timing to have your fans googling Matt Riddle divorce. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, I I hear it was a very good match, but uh, I, I'm definitely surprised that uh, I mean. Pretty much all the heels stood tall in this. Like it, it's, hmm. yeah, kind of crazy. Um, and then the main event not, again, not a big card. You had you know six matches versus the fucking fifteen we're gonna have on All Out. Uh, it was yep. Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre in thirty minutes. Did not need to be thirty minutes. Um, nope. Everything I've heard is that it started pretty slow. Uh, although by the end it was them throwing bombs, which is what you would want out of a match with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. And uh, as you and I were talking about before we started recording, it was sort of a a multi-tier finish because uh, Carrying Cross... Call it what it is. Yeah, it was was an absolute clusterfuck. Uh, Carrying Cross and Scarlet were ringside, as was Tyson Fury. Uh, Carrying Cross and Scarlet got into the face of Drew McIntyre. Austin Theory attempted to run in and cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase. For that, he received a punch to the face from Tyson Fury. So mm-hmm. uh, way to earn your check that day, Mr. Theory. Uh, then because of the fact that both Usos and Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman all could not be there, new Uso dropped as Solo Sokoa makes his way up from NXT 2.0. And causes a and he's, he's a shoot bloodline like they, he's yes. he's he's in the clan the Anawai clan yes he's he is the Uso's brother oh okay why he isn't called Uso is beyond me maybe they'll explain yeah that, that doesn't make any fucking sense um, I'm, I, at least in NXT 2.0 they did a storyline about like he he was the black sheep of the family or something mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be true okay. here uh, but uh, Roman ends up winning with a spear. Fans were very disappointed, but uh, after the <laughs> match, say. after the match, Tyson Fury gets in the ring, shakes Roman Reigns' hand. Okay. Reigns and Sokoa walk out, off the booze. Then Fury helps McIntyre up. The uh, fans gave a good reaction to that, and then Tyson Fury grabbed the mic and praised Drew McIntyre, and they sang "American Pie" as the show goes off the air. They sang American Pie. They sang American Pie, and during the in Wales, in Wales, and during the BT Sports post show, they tried putting this over as a moral victory for Drew McIntyre, which I don't fucking understand. Now that well, there are no moral victories. It's you win a match or you lose a match. Um, and maybe Paul, uh, our, our UK contingent out there, can uh, give us some backstory. Gonna, as I why was going to text American you if, if we knew if Paul was there. Um, he was there. No, he sent me a miss. I was really drunk yesterday, so I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris was in see. no condition to perform yesterday. He was doing the old Michael Hickenbottom. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> Lost my smile on everything. Uh, yeah, he said it's. Uh, I, I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but he said he had a good time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to blow up the spot. Hey, good for him. I'm sure he. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm and sure he's going he... to indie shows today. Oh, nice, so. nice. Hope yeah, it, he's keeping it going. A, a, a great time for him. I will just say this: Matt Riddle's shirt now just says 420, bro. Like they're not even. They're not, not even, even trying. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you good know. for them. 
it, it is what it is. But hey, uh, we're already like almost 40 minutes in. So let's go ahead and get to the other company. AEW built the road to all out this week. Uh, as mm-hmm. they had not one, but two live shows from technically not Chicago, uh, including oh. the semifinals of the trios tournament. Uh, one of which I, one of the two matches I will say is probably one of the matches of the year. Um, hard to argue. Yeah, they also made definitely. one of the most baffling hiring decisions in the history of AEW, which is saying a lot. So we'll get are, into that. What are we talking about? Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm, Dynamite I'm, I'm, kicked uh, off with John Moxley making his entrance to the ring. As now, Dynamite starts with promos. Thankfully, it wasn't 20 yeah, minutes long. Yeah, don't love that. Yeah, not a big fan of it either. Thankfully, it wasn't very long. This was more about getting the heat on Mox in Chicago. Cut a short promo uh, talking about how Punk used to be the 60-minute man on the indies. Wasn't true last week. I don't know about Punk, but I got 57 minutes left, as he put it. Yeah. Um, said that uh, Punk had a fragile ego, fragile mind, fragile body, and fragile spirit, and said he's got an open contract for All Out, leaves it in the middle of the ring, said it didn't matter who came for him. He was the heart of soul of pro wrestling. It was bad for anyone's health to step into the ring with him. And uh, with that, the announcers were running down the show, and Ace Steel, CM Punk's original trainer, runs down to the ring, grabs the contract, and takes it backstage. Now, what I would have loved yep. is something over the course of the night, different people trying to get the contract from Ace Steel. From Ace, yeah. That's not, not so, that's not something that happened. So then Chris Jericho's backstage with Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone earning his paycheck more than ever. That dude had some hustle this past Wednesday. Yeah, um, yeah. Saying that uh, Jericho was saying that uh, the match uh, at All Out against Danielson was going to be a nightmare for Danielson. And uh, he said that Stu and Owen Hart would be very impressed with him. But as he was talking, Daniel Garcia walked up, said he was sorry for his immaturity. He believed in Jericho. And uh, Jericho said that on Sunday, it's just going to be him and Danielson. And until then, everything was fair game, which took us right to Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager. The greatest match Jake Hager has ever had. And proof positive <laughs> that Brian Danielson could carry you or I conscious or unconscious to three stars yeah no doubt uh it's just how good the how good the guy is yes. yeah i mean hager's just a tall glass of nothing but uh this was a very watchable match yeah a- incredibly watchable match uh danielson ends up winning with the uh flying knee and uh that causes 2.0 to run down which then causes wheeler yuda and claudio castagnoli to run down uh, Jericho tries to grab a chair, but Daniel Garcia runs down and takes the chair away from Jericho. Danielson hits a flying knee on Jericho, and that makes me think, fucking Jericho's winning on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Sunday being I feel today. Like, yeah, the Garcia thing will continue. Uh, you know, Jericho might win, beat down Brian, and then Garcia comes out for the save, and then it ends up being a Garcia versus Jericho thing. And Brian, I don't know, it, maybe he jo- gets an offer to join the BCC. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I'm just ready for the JAS BCC angle to fucking end. I don't know why it didn't end. I was ready for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't I was ready end for with, and blood uh, and guts. Yeah, with blood and guts. I mean, look, you want to do one more match? It's the barbed wire match so Kingston can get his victory? Cool. Then why the fuck didn't Kingston get his victory? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. I know. I know. What was it? That that ringsiders, ringleaders, whatever it's called. You know, the, the, the survey thing that uh, Time Warner mm-hmm. does for AEW? Got one this week, and they asked me my likes and dislikes about Dynamite and Rampage recently. Oh, yeah? Well, what else did you uh, put in there? Oh, I, I, I definitely talked at length about uh, the Jericho Kingston thing. Uh, I also pointed okay. out that every single story Chris Jericho has seems to end and then continue. Uh, yeah. I also talked about how uh, the women's division is completely missable. Uh, uh-huh. And I talked about how, like, it feels like they have these big matches that happen and then there's no follow-up. Like, why haven't we heard anything from fucking Darby until this week after beating Brody King? Yeah. And why is House of Black so sporadic? I mean, I guess we have an answer for that now that we know about Malachi Black's back issues. But it's just... Yeah. It feels very start-stoppy everywhere. And yeah. I get they want to give people... I, I, you know, I, I even said in there, I get why they want to give people time off. It's a hard sport. But, like, it feels like things just get left in the ether and it's difficult to put together the right amount of momentum for almost anyone in that company yeah. right now. Yeah. No, all, all, so. all fair points. Did you also add, uh, why the fuck isn't Pentagon the, uh, world champion? Not only did I so forget I to mention that, I also forgot to just put in and I quote, why Jay lethal? <laughs> <laughs> I really needed to add that in there and I, I regret not doing it. Anyway, the wingmen were in the ring. First time we've seen uh. them on dynamite in ages. Yeah. And this brings out fucking W. Morrissey. Why did they sign him? Oh, yeah. that I total, This was totally ejected from my mind after it happened because I'm like, well, that's a whole lot of nothing. Credit to, to Pretty Peter Avalon for taking the world's longest chokeslam. <laughs> but yeah. why this? Why him? Why now? I don't, I don't know. I have zero the, zero ideas. Where does he even fit? They've got they've got uh, uh, you know they've got uh, Lance more... Archer. They've got Satnam Singh. And if you want to point out the fact that Lance Archer is like six years older than W. Morrissey, I get it. Like you want to have a, a, a you know a bruising giant to follow up a bruising giant, but like this d- credit where credit is due. Dude turned his life around. You know he got clean. Sure, he's in the greatest shape of his career. Uh, he, you know, his match with Wardlow, he's not saddled with there. Enzo. He's not saddled with Enzo. We were there for his match with Wardlow, which was decent. Yeah. But like, but you lost, I don't give a shit. I don't. And you've also got Wardlow there. Yeah. And you've got Wardlow there. Like, why is it Wardlow murdering the wingman? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, ba- it's, it's baffling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I hope it's not the, the meaning behind it isn't, you know, sign them. So, you know, triple H camp, but. Fuck, let, let I, I feel like this had shit? to be some sort of favor to either DDP or QT Marshall because has he been working with them? Uh, yeah, uh, in fact, he's dating Lexi Nair, who is DDP's oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, so it's like okay, I I I see I see the familial connections here. Sure. Like, yeah, I understand just, how yeah. this happened, but I don't give a shit. Yes. Putting Stokely as his mouthpiece, because Stokely came out after, gave him a card. 
He's clearly the next part of this stable at Stokely's building, which Stokely did not want to tell Tony Schiavone about. And he fucking almost murked Tony over. Um, yeah, which definitely makes me think now it's probably for MJF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but uh, I just don't care. I, I, that, that, yeah, he, he doesn't he, move the needle at all for me. No, Ar- Archer would infinitely be better in the same spot. Yeah, and he's already there. You're already paying him. Yeah. <laughs> so why pay somebody else? Uh, I, you I don't know. get it. Yeah. It's hopefully, you know, he's not, you know, put right into like a world title program or I mean, even if he is, I don't see him winning. But yeah. I, it's just, yeah, I, I legitimately forgot this happened. Don Callis got in the face of Will Ospreay and Will Ospreay's locker room, basically big timing him and talking about, oh, yeah. you know, last time you uh, faced Kenny in a tag match, you dropped the one wing angel. Huh. How about that? And then we had the uh, preview of the women's four way. It was a tag match from the women, not at 915 to 930. Yeah, it was Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And this match fucking ruled. It was awesome. It was very good. Jamie I, Hader, super athletic. I, 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 I loved this. If this is any indication of what the four way is going to be like this evening, this should fucking roll. But my only Dude. request is okay. anyone but Brit win the belt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can make arguments for anybody but Brit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jamie Hader has been in the shadow of Brit for so long, has proven herself and gone out there and put on these great matches. She deserves it. Tony Storm, big, hot, new star. Um, you know, a lot of energy in there. Fucking Sheeta was fired up as hell during this match. Yeah, Sheeta looked I, great. Nice and crisp. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, but she's already already been champion. I think she probably has the the least chance of winning this tonight. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Britt, you know, it's just kind of uh, you know she's Poochie at this point to me. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm just yeah, kinda I, I, especially if Poochie got on TV and talked about how itchy and scratchy is absolutely fucking terrible without him, and <laughs> completely worthless. Right. Which just yeah. makes me want to watch it, Gene Scratchy. Uh, yeah. There was a Thanks, recap Mike. video of the Kip Sabian Pac angle. Uh, I know you and I both had a sour taste in our mouth about Kip Sabian resulting in Death Triangle uh, losing against United Empire. But Very I much. feel like Kip actually cut a pretty fucking good promo here. And I like his new look a lot. Like, it, it makes it, it him works look for him. like a star. Yeah. Um, no, no. I, I, I'm with you. And, and, you know, and had this match happen at some point, yeah, fine. But the yeah. fact that 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 interrupted Sabian cost pack and Death Triangles match is just for me super egregious. Yeah, and uh, fuck that guy for it. The Miro cut a promo about how he's going to destroy the House of Black, uh, which was amazing, if only because uh, he called God a coward. <laughs> yeah, Miro talking shit about God is my new kink. <laughs> and then uh, Darby and Sting come in, and uh, basically our weird voices talking into Darby's ear. Um, long Miro's story here. short, they're gonna go against each other, or they're gonna go against House of Black at the pay per view, which should House be of really Black. good. Yes. Then we had a roller coaster of a segment as CM Punk comes out to kick off the next hour, and. He basically did a sad sack. I don't know if I want to wrestle no more promo, which mm-hmm. I checked Hate. the fuck out on. Yeah, uh, I did not care. Like, well, it seemed that the Chicago or Chicago land area crowd didn't care that well as all. That was a tepid at best pop for punk. Yeah, they they were checked the fuck out, which means 
if anyone's getting a pay-per-view bonus, because I don't know how things work in AEW, I guess people get pay-per-view bonuses, fucking give one to Ace Steel. Because <laughs> Ace Steel comes out, and yeah, he slipped and dropped an F-bomb by accident, but yeah. he cut the promo of all promos. A guy who is not currently a wrestler, has never been a wrestler on the TV stage, has no connection to the live crowd, cut a better promo than God 90% of the people in AEW to put yeah. over this match like holy shit yeah <laughs> he yeah, was it so good <laughs> definitely came out came out of nowhere um and it was you know I saw some people complain that you know this should have been this story should have been told over the course of a couple weeks not a night what the fuck does it matter you still yeah. got to the same place yeah it was an effective promo and an effective segment that you know once it got going you know yeah. It got there, and then, and, and, you know, you have fired up Punk now. Exactly. And and Punk, like, that energy went into Punk. And for as much as I hated the first half of the promo, when he went into the crowd and started yelling about how he's Chicago and, yeah. you know, the world's been trying to kill him since the day he was born, you know, all this fucking shit, I was in. I was like, let's go. Let, let, let's go for this fucking match. I, I thought it was awesome. But that first half stunk. It was just yeah. bad. It, it was it was not good. If I'm punk and I want to win, you know, I want to make sure the uh, the crowd is behind me. I am um, I'm calling up the uh, the original beef in Chicago and getting uh, <laughs> Italian beef sandwiches for the whole uh, the whole arena tonight. That reminds right? me. I, I ended up looking up because uh, he was wearing uh, when he went out into the crowd. He's wearing a T-shirt of a, a lo- local luncheon place, and it seems like because I just was interested. I googled it. It was called yeah. like, Dots Luncheon or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's straight up Chicago's version of Golden West to the point of it's all like Mexican themed breakfast. And I'm like, Fuck, oh, I really? Need, I need to check that place out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Everybody's haven't been to GW in a while, man. Yeah, I used to no. love going there when I worked in Hamden. Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I haven't been in ages. Um, oh, that green chili sauces aces. So fucking good. Uh, if you are not a Baltimore area listener, uh, if you're ever in the area, go to Golden West get anything that has the green chili sauce uh, my yeah. personal favorite is the breakfast polenta which is out of this world mm. um, okay all right frito pie is really good too uh, i mean almost everything there is good everything's good i've never had anything bad there yeah, yeah. it's great anyway uh we had to sit down with uh, jim ross jungle boy and christian cage which is fine um i'm no not, it wasn't it I'm, wasn't fine i'm not jack feeling, perry sucks uh, yeah i'm not feeling jungle boy which means it's time to check in with the current state of the AEW pillars. I wish I'd made <laughs> I'd made some sort of uh, some. Oh, uh, you, you hyped it up like this. you were going to. No, I, 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 I forgot to. I forgot to. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I, I did do something incredibly stupid, which I, I think I'll need to bring into next week's episode. Um, okay, but we'll we'll get there. Um, All right. So Pillar Gate, Pillar Watch. Yeah, Pillar Watch. Pillar Watch 2022. Yeah. So the pillars as we understand them are MJF, Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy. Not looking great right now in Year of Our Lord 2022. MJF, I admit, probably... MIA. He's MIA. Probably has the fastest track to getting back on track uh sure. he show up it, yeah he just needs to show up and if he shows if up they show just up. need to you know put him in a big match and he's back where he needs to be 
Darby feels completely lost as a competitor at this point, which sucks because he totally was a pillar of the future. But it strikes me he's never going to be a main event guy. They already gave him the TNT no. title. Like, and he had a series of good matches with it. Yeah. But that, then it's, it's been done already. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I don't Your know point. what you do with him. The only thing I can think of is because his title run was, unless I'm mistaken, completely done during the pandemic, you kind of pull a yeah. mox with him where you give him a second run with an actual right. crowd, which you could also say about Sheeta as women's champion. Um, Fair. Beyond that, like, all his matches always rule. His segments are always super fun. But it just feels like there's no momentum. And that's a fucking mm-hmm. bummer. Yeah. Sammy is a mess. To the In point every where, aspect. You know, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't even think he actually uh, followed up on this when he sent his 1,500-word dissertation to Fightful about his issue with Eddie <laughs> Kingston. But word is no one wants to work with him. So, yeah. Okay, he's basically in the same spot he was in. He was in the inner circle. He left the inner circle. He turned face. Now he is a heel, and he's in the JAS. The only change is now he's got Tay Mello with him, and if anything, it's made Tay look like a smaller star. So Yeah. In general, he's brought her down with him, and... God, even at the beginning of this year when he had the fucking ladder match with Cody, like that's still on my list of best matches of the year. And it, he has just fallen so hard so fast. Yes, the TNT title process sucked. You know, the, the, the that whole yeah, that whole the, thing of score was was not good. Yeah. But it's just like I don't I don't give a shit about him. So then you got Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy hasn't had a big singles match in ages. He he and uh, I can only think of one. Has he had many other solo uh, singles, I mean, ma- big singles it, matches? It felt like during the pandemic era, they were really pushing hard the idea of him getting more singles matches. Like he had the big one with okay. MJF at the pay per view and you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, and he won. You know the the double or nothing uh, battle royal, which led to him versus Kenny, which was really fucking good. Um, oh yeah, but I'm just like I don't I don't have a lot to to gravitate to in terms of him right now. His right. run with the tag titles with Luchasaurus kind of fizzled out. I mean, the matches were fine. Well, yeah, it took too long to get there because we kept saying, when are they going to win the big one? When are they going to win yes. the big one? Then they won it, and then it just, you know, that's 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 been the thing with AEW. They're yeah. great at building challengers, but they are not very good at booking champions. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, we talked about Unless your uh, name's John Moxley. Right, right, uh, and he wasn't supposed to be champion. Uh, right. we, we talked well, even his first run. Was, right. He was fucking great. You know, oh, yeah. I just yeah. But but we talked about you know the matches that they had as tag champions. You know whether it was like the the multi team defenses against mm-hmm. Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, or uh, you know the the four team match where they lost the tag belts, or the matches they had with Red Dragon. Like almost all of them were on this space of they deliver, and they were technically good but who gives a shit like, yeah yeah it, it, it was always missing that like killer instinct that big level dramatics is just like this is executed extremely well but i don't care and mm-hmm. that's that's almost exactly how i feel about this christian heel turn and the story after it it's executed fine but i don't care i don't even think it's executed fine i don't like just the way they're like 
you know, you're not getting Jungle Boy, you're you're fighting Jack Perry, but it, it, he just like the, the the sad sack sort of, you know, I loved you and you didn't love me back. Like that's some melodramatic bullshit. You know, I, I just it, it's not clicking with me and his delivery is not clicking with me. I mean, Christian, God, doing the, the Lord's work and trying to save this whole fucking angle by being the, the smug, pompous ass that he's very good at being. But I could give zero fucks about this match. Yeah, it, it's not great. And uh, unfortunately, just shows like the, the pillars are totally blown up. Like right now, if I'm going to say Crumbled. who the pillars really are, like you got fucking Starks, you got Swerve. Wardlow. You got Wardlow, even Wardlow. I don't even know if you call him a pillar anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe Keith Lee. Like, it is not what it was at all. And hell, yeah. you know, there was the argument that you should bump MJF for Brit. And she's definitely not a pillar anymore unless your idea of a pillar is something that actively brings mold to the rest of the house. So well, I'm telling you, if you wanted something to support the, uh, you know, the upper levels of everything, Jamie Hader's ass is right there. All right. There that is a pillar and a half right there that I would like to eat some lunch on. FTR and Wardlow absolutely murdered Silas Young, <laughs> Ren Jones, and Vic Capri. Shout out Silas, Silas Young, Young didn't even get for the match. not even tagging in. That's <laughs> a worker, brother. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Get your money. John the last Moxley, real man. <laughs> John Moxley came out, cut another promo, saying that he was going to absolutely murder Punk in front of the Chicago fans, which, uh, hey, cool by me. Uh, well, and I want to talk about that because that's one of the, the better things that they've done the past couple weeks mm-hmm. is, you know, interrupting the regular flow of things for an impromptu, seemingly impromptu promo from one of these guys who are just fired up and want to beat the shit out of each other. That's been really uh, effectively done. I, I've, I've enjoyed that. Like, hey, we're going to go to a tag match. Oh, shit. It's John Moxley. He's got something to say. All right, champ, take it away. You know, like, yeah, I, I like that. It just adds to the, the heat of the match. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, something that was done pretty clumsily was the following angle, as Preston Vance and Evil Uno were backstage talking about how Vance hurt his knee on Rampage the week prior, going against uh, the House of Black. Evil Uno was going to take his place, but out comes Andrade and Jose. They go into the locker room of the Dark Order, assault Uno, and just hold a taser in the general direction of 10, which yeah. means yeah. that uh, Uno is out of the tournament look if you have no depth perception this was fine but if you're (laughs) capable of that this was not fine (laughs) uh wheeler yuda ray phoenix roosh and dante martin had an absolute banger of a four-way as a tease for the ladder match which god that should be really fucking good tonight phoenix champ um wheeler yuda ends up winning pinning roosh as tk is shown That no matter what you will say about him, he at least got Roosh to do clean jobs. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say everything else, it seems like a mess right now. It's because of the amount of time that Tony Khan is dedicating to getting Rush to do a job. <laughs> that's that's the reason for everything falling apart backstage. Exactly. Like if you, if you look, not at, wanting to take the, take if you look at Tony Khan's AEW calendar, you know, on a Wednesday. Yeah. From like 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., it is a meeting with Roosh, subject job. 
That's fucking funny. <laughs> I got but this match ruled. This, this was fantastic. <laughs> like this, this is everything you and I love in wrestling. It, it was. Yeah, it was, no flippy, flippy dudes. And, and, you know, even the big guy, Roosh, who was really kind of reckless with the little guys in there. But, yes, uh, very much. So. It was, uh, you know, that back knee is not going away for some uh, reason. No, you no. see a the worst part is every back. time he takes a bump, it sounds like fucking bubble wrap. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the uh, they got Gallagher ponchos for the front row for those uh, <laughs> those pimples popping on the uh, on the bumps there. Tony Ooh. Schiavone backstage with Silver and Reynolds. Silver and Reynolds were saying, "Screw it, we're going to win the tournament as two men." Love it. Uh, but uh, Hangman Page walks in and said he was going to be their partner as he wanted to make sure the Dark Order got the success they deserved. Oh my gosh, you're telling me Hangman Adam Page had to fill in for injured members of the Dark Order? Who saw that coming? You, you claimed this like three, three, four weeks ago when they first announced the, the bracket. You nailed it. <laughs> yep. Then your main event was the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks going against the United Empire of Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. And this match fucking ruled. Yeah, it did. All six men, man. So fucking good. Just like, yeah. I... I can't. I I can't be more effusive. This, this is this was amazing. The 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 dramatics, the hard hitting action, the the incredible spots, the hard work by everyone. Uh, it was fantastic. And in case anyone was still wondering if Kenny really was hurt, the compression shirt came off and he was still jacked as ever. So uh, Kenny's okay. Don't, yeah. don't worry, everybody. Yeah, he was jacked, um, but taped to all hell. Yes, exactly. Um. But this this was so goddamn good, uh, and I cannot wait for when they pull the trigger on Omega Osprey because their segments of the match were by far the most heat filled. Uh, oh no doubt, yeah, no, they, those guys have chemistry for days. Yeah, it, it was it was so so good, uh, and the elite ends up going over clean. Kyle Fletcher eating the pin with. Uh, an ugly fucking V trigger, and then the one wing angel, yeah. which does the trick every time. Gets the one, two, three, and the elite are in the finals. Now, post show in a video that was only put on YouTube, uh, Osprey and Aussie Open uh, ended up attacking the elite. So, oh, uh, I didn't know that. I, I don't know if uh, there's going to be more about that talked about tonight, uh, but uh, clearly the issue still stands between the United Empire and the elite. But then, now, uh, oh, sorry, one thing, uh, no, that's great. Yeah, one thing about the, the match, like. If I'm uh, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm I'm sitting Britt Baker down and saying, "Listen to Don Callis do commentary." Okay, <laughs> that is how you sell a match and sell an angle by putting your opponent over and not burying the fuck out of them. Yes. Uh, I mean, say what you want about Don Callis, he's and he did the same on on Rampage. Even though the Elite weren't in a match, yeah. he did commentary on the uh, the trios match for the Rampage uh, side of the bracket and put over every single fucking person in the match and still sold the story. And it is just, you know, uh, Regal does the same. Um, yeah. You know, to to not say he's the only one that does it, but I mean. I, I don't really care for Don Callis much as an on-screen character, but man, he fucking nails that commentary. Damn straight, he does. Uh, if they dis- if they ever make the smart choice of having completely different commentary teams for Dynamite and Rampage, yeah. I would like Callis yeah. on one of those teams. Uh, but hey, yeah. let's go ahead and-, and talk about that show that we'd been waiting on. Great, more Chris Jericho on commentary. Yes, Rampage was live from Chicago. Without a shirt. 
And uh, everybody gets jobber entrances to kick off the show as it was the Dark Order of Hangman Page, John Silver and Alex Reynolds against the best friends of Trent Beretta, Chucky T and Orange Cassidy with Danhausen. And I don't know how you make a match that is both completely hysterical yet also hits all the beats of seriousness that it needs to have. But they, well, you get, you get, yeah, you yeah, get the they, comedy out of the way early, and then you yeah. get to the the action. And they thread the needle, and they also made it a completely satisfying semifinal match, even though it was only eleven minutes long. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, those all, you know, again, all six guys put the work in. Um, Re- I think that Reynolds probably looked better than I've ever seen him. Yeah, uh, Johnny Johnny Hungy. But somebody, I don't. I think it was Excalibur called him the good, the bad, and the hungry. <laughs> yes, yes. Fucking popped me. <laughs> that yeah. was a great line. Um, and Paige, you know, Hangman's not one that you know you typically see doing comedy spots, but man, he he fucking nailed it here. Yeah. Uh, and starting off with Orange Cassidy and Hangman was probably the smartest move, right? Because that's what oh, people sure. wanted from the jump, and yeah, they had great chemistry together. I don't know if they'd ever worked. Prior. I don't recall a match between the two. Maybe it's happened know. and I don't remember it, but uh, they were super fun together. And I also love the interaction between Hangman and Danhausen in the beginning. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. But this was a full – I know we talk a, a lot about you know the, the, the quote-unquote party matches being PWG specials. This is basically a Chikara special because – uh, of yeah. the people in this match, six of them have history in Chik- or sorry, five of the six have history in Chikara, and it was again threading that needle of having the comedy, but then having the all-out action that you needed. I will say this: I need as soon as humanly possible Cesaro and John Silver to have a match with each other. I I was he was definitely channeling Cesaro on his little run uh, hot tag run around the ring ringside beating up all the guys yeah that was that was fantastic uh, Paige never did anything Chikara not that I can recall no because uh, he didn't do like a King of Trios or anything I I don't believe so no uh, okay. maybe I'm wrong I, 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 I and, and I already... listeners tell me if I am but I don't believe uh, I yeah. don't believe he ever made an appearance on a Chikara okay. show um, That's fair. I was just doing the math in my head I'm like yeah it's got to be Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eddie Kingston cut a promo on Big Tom Ishii ahead of their match on the fucking pre-show of All Out, which, yeah. by the way, we haven't said anything about on air yet. Holy fucking shit, we're getting Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston on Sunday. What the I fuck? Know. Uh, I know. Tonight on the pre-show from the hour-long four-match pre-show, but hey, <sighs> let's go. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. Uh, Ray Phoenix murdered Blake Christian in two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as well he should. Yes. But it was like a little – and the commentary put it over. It's a, a little more fired up Ray Phoenix, which yeah. uh, is giving me some high hopes for it's, uh, tonight's uh, ladder match. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to chatting through that with you because I, I really want to know and we're, we'll keep our guesses Patreon exclusive who you think the Joker's going to be. And yeah, yeah. I'll win. leave my pants on. for this uh for company's sake then lexi nair uh tried to interview hook but got interrupted by 2.0 this is mostly notable for matt menard somehow (laughs) changing the phrase taste of the title to taste the title taste the title i didn't know that Uh, title had so many d's in it but (laughs) title 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 isn't that the streaming service jay-z launched yeah yeah it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay i gotcha 
God damn it, Matt Menard is so good. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ortiz defeated Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, which means let's continue. Uh, yeah, with yet another uh, another belt, on <laughs> another <the line>. uh, <laughs> title on the line. This was I'm starting, I'm starting to get Justin's title fatigue here. Yeah, this was fine, but Ruby Soho made. I was on my it, phone through most of this. She made her debut a year ago. Yeah, and is in a mixed tag feud on the pre-show of a pay-per-view now. Yeah, not great. Not great. Uh, no. Lexi Nair uh, interviewed Adam Page in the Dark Order. They got in- they got interrupted by Don Callis, who uh, <laughs> congratulated Page for screwing his friends over for money and power. Man, fantastic work. Yes. That's a great pro. That was a great line. So Look, I do it all the time. It gets easier. It's fucking it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Henry moderated a face-to-face between Athena and J- Jade Cargill, um, which I-, I enjoyed, if only for Jade, starting to call Athena number 37. I thought that was clever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Athena continues to have the most theater kid energy of anyone in AEW, <laughs> which says a lot considering she shares company with the Bucks and, and Kenny Omega, who are super theater kids. Athena seems like somebody who like learned the routine of lightsaber kid back in the day. <laughs> That's the vibe I get from Athena. Like, no fucking shade. I, I say this <laughs> while recording in my basement surrounded by fan art of all sorts of nerdy shit. I have no room to talk, but, like, <laughs> nothing about Athena says legitimate ass kicker. Everything yeah. about Athena says trying really hard. Big dork energy is yes. what I call that. Yes. I love her for it. But God, sure, damn, you know, she commits on the other it's side just... of that with Jade, who looks like a fucking action star. Like, yes, uh, it, it, it you will not have the cast of Big Bang Theory go against the cast of the Expendables. And that's what this feels like <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, pretty much. Tony Schiavone interviewed both Swerve and Our Glory and the Acclaimed. Where Swerve decided he was going to go nuclear on the acclaimed, mocking Caster's stupid little raps and said that Bowen's body gives out on him every time it's important. So, uh, Swerve basically... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and then the mic drop of we're yes. uh, we're made we're a mountain made of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of 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 stone and or rock and and, uh, and and pebble and granite or whatever. He's like, last time I checked, rock beat scissor. Boom, <laughs> love it, so good, love it, man. When they pull the trigger on Swerve as like a world title level guy, he's gonna be unbelievable. Uh, Go I looks mean, good around his shoulder, man. Just saying, it really does. Uh, Wardlow and FTR came out to do an in-ring promo, and uh, as I I was chatting with folks on Discord, you know, watching this live, I said, "All right, everybody, it's time for the Dax Harwood drinking game. Get ready for him to talk about <laughs> pro wrestling, his yep. wife, his daughter, and God." And yeah. as he was about to Hart. segue into discussing yeah. those exact topics, out come those assholes and the Motor City machine guns. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I have to say, I really cannot wait to see FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns. It's a shame there's other people involved in this fucking match. 
I am not going to disagree with you in, in, in an aspect here. Uh, and even uh, Sanjay Dutt calling out, you know, Dax's promo style and, yeah. and all these sorts of things. And then, you know, then going for the low blow of the fight like an eight-year-old girl sort yeah, of thing, yeah. attacking Dax's daughter, got him yeah. all fired up. And then the segment just kind of ended. Yeah. Which like, okay, we're going to go do something else now. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're going to go yeah. to uh, – uh, the the main event interview between Ricky Starks and QT Marshall, where I just went, fuck, that's our main event. <laughs> <laughs> I now, love Ricky Starks so much, but yeah. even he cannot turn the tide of how little I care about QT Marshall. Well, it's true. I mean, it's also one of those things like there's zero chance, like absolute zero chance Ricky Starks is losing this match. Yes. So um, why even go through? I mean, the the clever bit of locking the factory in the uh, in the locker room, yeah, and then and then having uh, the brawl go through the crowd, yeah, into the ring. Yeah. Like I, I like fourth wall breaking <laughs> shit like that, like that specifically. Yes. That level of fourth wall breaking. Please yeah. God, no shoot name bullshit. Um, I I liked that a lot. Uh, and shock of shocks, the factory ends up getting out, but Starks takes out everybody. Uh, at the end of the match, well, though, it's Powerhouse who, who let him out, right? That's uh, kind of the implication, right? I, I assume Implied. it's much. Yeah. Um, but uh, Starks <laughs> ends up winning with the Rochambeau. Out comes Powerhouse Hobbs. There's a big uh, brawl. Uh, and then Brian Danielson comes to the commentary table to get in the face of Chris Jericho as the show went off the air. Yeah, way too hectic to close the show. You, yeah. you got a, a brawl happening in the ring, and then Jericho starts putting over his own match, and then Danielson comes out, and while yeah. they're trying to cut back and forth between two different, you know, pull aparts or, or face to face sort of situations, it was, it was, it was a bit much. Yeah, it, it turns out a company that's booking a fifteen match pay per view doesn't <laughs> understand what is or isn't too much. Anyway, Chris, I look forward to seeing you this evening. When by one thirty <laughs> this morning, I'm praying professional wrestling never does a show ever again. It's going to be a great time. (laughs) You might want to take a nap this afternoon. (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Are you looking for a gimmick enhancement? Want to try something new with an air of class, refinement, and nobility? Well, look no further than Mr. Fancy Pants English Nobility Gimmick Finishing School. Lord Stephen Regal, Earl Robert Eaton, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley are all proud graduates of our world-renowned program. You'll learn to curtsy, apply overly long finishing holds, and gain an exceptionally average physique. You'll earn an appreciation for Victorian era ankle-length robes, awkward British references that your hayseed audience will not understand, and gain permanent mid-card status. Mr. Fancy Pants English Nobility Gimmick Finishing School will turn you into quite the little shit.